Chapter 1 Chris Echo was looking at a killer. Pulling her long mane of brown hair back from her face in frustration, Chris leaned in close to the color 8x10 photo laid out on the desk in front of her. The sharp, intelligent gray eyes that belonged to a finely chiseled face might fool everyone else, but she had seen his kind before. The business degree and high-paying job gave the impression of stability, but Chris saw beyond the facade. If only I could convince Mick of that, Chris mumbled, huffing heavily in frustration. Mick Walters was her supervisor on the Crime Scene Investigation, CSI, team. She had been a member of the elite group in the Seattle, Washington office for over a year. Leaning back in the cheap office chair, Chris tore her focus away from the picture of Martin Estabrook to gaze at her own framed certificate on the wall. Six years of college earned her the combo criminal justice and psych degree. The Seattle PD had been eager to hire her, as a needed minority, and she spent the next six years learning the beat as a patrol officer and the last two as a detective. At 32, she now acted primarily as a criminal profiler. Examining all the evidence, she'd come up with a list of suspect attributes, and sometimes, even names. Like now. Unfortunately, the proof on Estabrook was all circumstantial, and she'd been unable to give Mick anything more concrete. They were approaching the one-week mark, and Chris knew that her leads were going to go cold if she didn't dig up something else soon. Looking back down at the open file, she slid the top photo aside to reveal another, smaller one beneath it. A young, pretty blonde girl with amazing blue eyes hugged the neck of a horse while smiling sweetly. It was Lisa Emery's senior portrait. Her parents apologized when they gave it to Chris, explaining that it was the most recent image they had of their daughter. She was supposed to graduate the next month, but her parents were burying her that weekend instead. Her body was found by a park maintenance crew five days ago, stashed behind a porta potty. It was a popular park near the heart of Seattle and spanned several treed acres. Her parents had no idea why she was there. Although she sometimes went jogging on the weekends, it wasn't a location she was known to visit. Her time of death indicated she'd been murdered in the early morning hours on Saturday. She'd spent the previous night at her best friend's house and left there at 6 a.m., claiming she had to work. A simple phone call confirmed this, but she wasn't scheduled to be at her department store job until 10 a.m. During that four-hour gap, someone had stabbed Lisa Emery to death. There were only three wounds, but they were precisely placed in her torso. The official cause of death was internal hemorrhaging, but she had also received several blows to the head, likely to subdue her. There were no signs of sexual assault, thankfully, but that was little consolation to her freaked-out parents. She wasn't in jogging gear, and she was wearing makeup. This led Chris to believe that Lisa was meeting someone she didn't want her parents or friends to know about. Chris got the warrant for her cell phone executed a couple of days ago, and there were more than a dozen calls from a burner phone over the past six months, including the night before her murder. No text messages. Whoever it was didn't want to be found. Three years ago, Chris was assigned to a case as a detective that was never solved. It involved a 30-year-old female attorney, apparently mugged and stabbed in the alley behind her townhouse. Martin Estabrook had been one of a small handful of suspects. He and Stephanie Kearns dated briefly the year before, 
and according to friends, it took Kern several months and the threat of a restraining order to end it. The problem was that Stephanie had a habit of dating a lot of men, often at the same time. There had been two other bad breakups the same year, but without any physical evidence at the scene to point to any of them, it was determined to be a random killing. Her purse was rummaged through, money and credit cards stolen, and there were defensive wounds on her hands that indicated she'd fought with her attacker. Everything pointed to Stephanie Kearns being mugged, and when she didn't hand the purse over, it got physical, and she ended up getting stabbed. Case closed. Until now. Chris pulled the file on Monday, and after Mick gave the okay to reopen it as a possible connection, the first person she brought in for an interview was Estabrook. He was just as cool and collected then as he had been before, but her gut was just as certain, too. According to Mick, her gut wasn't enough. 